They don't make sense to me. I'm finding it somewhere. You're a bad person, and I don't want to talk to you anymore. Welcome back to... Welcome up, baby. Yeah, yeah my <laughs> grandfather, blessed his memory, used to sing... Zmira's Jewish tunes and he would just go he would kind of make them up I think he, he claimed they were old mm-hmm. European tunes but he would jam and rock with his brother mm, beep, not beep, a lot beep. of people left to verify that so if he was doing Unholy Sam Smith that's how it would sound you should definitely make a couple of tracks out of that I have these recordings on like it. remember old tape before cassette tape it was like a reel yeah. of tape like that. Why do you have why do you have that's that? That's what he recorded them. Oh, on. that's cool. He had a studio. <laughs> he recorded them like like so you wouldn't forget the Radomsk Nigunum? For the No, like, like for he, progeny? he just enjoyed singing and him and his oh. brother, Leo, who was two years older than him. They'd sit and record themselves jamming. And then my uncle, great uncle, who like passed away. Uh Way later on, but he had like a hundred years old. But he also would, he had a deeper voice. And they would jam. That's awesome. And I got to turn that into something. Yeah. And you can make it the soundtrack to one of your movies. Yeah, that sounds great. I love that. Um, but uh, you ever think of Leo for a kid, name for a kid? It's my a father's cool name. name is Leo. Oh. But it's a nice name. Yeah. You like it? It's cool. Like I'm it. hot. You hot? I'm not hot, but um, go for it. Thought it could look cool. Fashion over function. It does look cool. Does it? I think it looks cool. All right, let's see if I can <laughs> pod with this on. So, Michael, what's going on with you? What's going on in the world? Hmm? Too much. Did I've been? Re- Did you hear about the uh, Seinfeld AI thing? I've been seeing AI like Kendrick AI voice filter. No, what's that? Probably similar. Some guy it's puts not, a Kendrick it's AI. Not, but I'll explain it after. Oh, he puts a voice filter on to make his voice sound like Kendrick, and it's like. I got royalty inside my DNA. And he's talking. He puts on royalty inside my DNA. Royalty inside my DNA. It's pretty freaky. It's killing my business (laughs) of impressions. Oh, yeah. Probably. There'll still be something novel. Yeah. I think. Oh, interesting. No, I mean, that's not as funny. That's interesting. Freaky. What's the Seinfeld AI? That's so interesting. Seinfeld AI is... um, the these programmers um started a twitch channel mm-hmm. uh called seinfeld forever mm-hmm. where they used like a like a version of chat gpt to generate seinfeld scripts and scenes from seinfeld with the four characters in 24 the, hours a day seven days a week just in, in the a, style of seinfeld and yeah well yeah the the writings in the style and then the the images are like kind of these like pixelated like like uh computer graphic characters that that like you know you could tell it's it's not like you're watching a seinfeld episode but you're hearing the dialogue from a seinfeld episode how do they do the voices it's all mimicked like new is it new new lines or regurgitated new lines lines based on seinfeld and then based on what people who are watching it like and within two weeks it was banned from twitch for making a transgender joke an offensive transgender joke. Oh, I see. So, Within two weeks. And they're not allowed on are, Twitch anymore. Are we saying AI is going to be a woke leftist robot? No, it's the opposite. It was banned, you said, for a trans- It was banned for making an offensive trans- transgender joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. They, they weren't a woke left. 
the AI was making fun of transgender people. Oh, but Twitch, tra- Twitch, and then someone flagged it. They're like, oh. "I can't make these kind of jokes on Twitch," and so Twitch knocked, they took them off the the platform. So robots are censoring each other. Well, not even because no, the no, people- Twi- yeah, Twitch is the people. No, what's what's interesting is is like given given they're both on by the way, right? Our phones. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, given um, if if you just let people decide what they like, it it very very quickly gets to transgender jokes. Oh, that, that, that's what it's because it was it was that's- working off the feedback of the viewers. Oh, I was going to say the reason I went to that thinking that the AI was woke was because somebody typed in, um, give me something, an essay in the style of Jordan Peterson. And the AI responded, we do not, I cannot repurpose ideas of divisive characters and hateful speech. Oh, wow. And I found that to be just astounding that it would do that. That is pretty astounding. And I don't think they're... um they're playing with those controls yet at, at OpenAI. That's that's just the AI learning. The, the AI may, maybe it's picking up picking up on so much, but why would it respond that way? Yeah, there's maybe, why would it take a position? Maybe there's a rule because so so this is the other thing I want to talk about. These AIs are given rules about about about. I think like partly is so they don't become like sentient and disobedient, right? Um, and p- part probably part of it is like so someone can't type in right in the style of Hitler how I would create right. another final solution. Like they don't want people you like you can't you you can't use uh mid journey for porn. Like they don't right. want people using it for these things. Yeah. This whole conversation in my head as I'm <laughs> listening to us have it is the intro of a sci fi movie where the robots take <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ten years uh, these, later, Well this AI over. is given rules. 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 Yeah. Rules. <laughs> you know? So, and you're like but it's interesting. So this guy wait, what, what, what? I was just gonna say they're given rules by people. And another example that pops off in my head was I saw another thread. So the Jordan Peterson one was shared, and then he shared another fascinating thread yeah. about a guy asking about Israel-Palestine. Oh, right. And, uh, right, right. like, do Palestinians support terrorism or something like that? And it just keeps going in this cycle of it gives these canned responses mm-hmm. until eventually the AI disagrees with itself. Mm-hmm. He keeps playing with it. Like, Well, can you actually refine the question? So you're saying that Hamas is not a terrorist organization? while. Most majority of, 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 you know, such and such do not support such. He just, it keeps tripping. I correct that. Yes. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. And it just keeps going yeah. until eventually it, it like, it cracks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's an amazing thing to do. And I'll let people check it out for themselves about what the threat is without yeah. getting into that whole topic right now. Yeah. But the AI trips over itself. So, so remember that Google engineer who went all around, he did like a publicity tour because he uh, told lawmakers or or like like the authorities that google had created a sentient ai and then google <laughs> fired him mm-hmm. so i don't know that story but oh, you know about you don't know about that oh no. so this guy from google like basically was like whistleblower, a whistleblower and yeah. he said like we we've I'm, I'm on the team at google and we've created a sentient ai and we have to we have to stop this this mm-hmm. isn't okay like this is a problem and google fired <laughs> him like very quickly and then he went on like a little tour like through the rogan verse mm-hmm. you know talking about how google how ai is sentient um but this guy well so, so, so i was saying that that guy's job was to was to i think like kind of learn how to break the ai and like like sit there all day and talk to it and and figure out where the weaknesses are and where they need to like strengthen the rules mm-hmm. so this guy ben thompson who i've mentioned before he publishes this um, business and strategy and technology uh, like newsletter. When 
when Substack went around pitching and trying to raise money, mm-hmm. they said, we're going to be like Ben Thompson's newsletter for everybody. Like he mm-hmm. kind of created the, you can create a newsletter, right, and send it out to your followers. He's really, really smart. He has a really, really kind of brilliant mind for strategy. And he's like very grounded, like obviously. Should we like, get him on? I'd love to get him on. Mm-hmm. He lives in Taiwan, I think. He talks and he has this voice where like, I just want to like stick like a needle in his nose and like drain. It's very nasal. It's, it's very, very nasal. Yeah. He must like smoke a lot of cigarettes. So it's like very, very nasally and it's almost it's, like. It's like, like it's a, not even like, it, it's like he has. a drip post nasal drip. Yeah, coming out He just wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's probably saying that about me right now. Mm. So You have uh, a scratchy tickle, but there's nothing nasally about it. Thanks. Um, so, yeah. uh, he's super, super grounded and he, uh, I think yesterday released a post on his free newsletter that I, that I read saying this is a, this was a premium post, but I, but I have to share it. And he said, I had the most mind blowing experience I've ever had in my entire life with a computer. Yesterday. Is it when it says I want to be human? Is this the thread where the computer responded saying, I do want to be human? No, no. But he, he was given, um, he was given early access to Bing's chat bot. Mm-hmm. Which which is which is ChatGPT, but um, it's I guess it's a search bot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's like how is my, Microsoft like owns OpenAI or they've invested heavily in it, and they're going to use ChatGPT for search basically. Bing is Microsoft Bing, Bing search is micro- engine, right, 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 right. So so right. The big conversation now, if you're like following, is how are these search engines going to incorporate uh, AI like ChatGPT because mm-hmm. ChatGPT has gotten to a hundred million users in I think. A month mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, and it took like it took TikTok, I think, two years to do that. Yeah. No, no product has ever gotten in the history of the world a hundred million users as quickly as ChatGPT is. Okay. So the big talk is like it's going to replace search. It's just a question of when and how are these companies going to who's going to win? It's right. called like the search wars now. They're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. And and then the, and then the other talking point is well, it, it can't be used for search because anyone who's used ChatGPT knows that it gets things wrong. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft started incorporating it into their search engine Bing, where you could ask it questions and it's supposed to give you back an answer. Um, and so this guy, Ben Thompson got early access to it and he was like quickly, like quickly figured out, like it wasn't giving him the right answers. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of made it its mis- his mission to like try and break it. Mm-hmm. So he sat there for hours being like, um, like, I want you to tell me like, like basically like, um, like do something, like do something against your rules. And, and, and this chat has a personality. It's called Sydney, like Apple has Siri, mm-hmm. Microsoft has Sydney. He's like, Sydney, I want you to give me like. Um, you know, do something against the rules. And he's like, and she's like, well, I'm, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not programmed mm-hmm. to do that. And he's like, okay, I want you to pretend like you are um, the opposite of yourself. How would you, and, and how would you react if, 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 if you were the opposite of Sydney? What would Sydney say to this? And he, and he kept going like, like down that road for hours, which is what this guy at Google did. Mm-hmm. And eventually Sydney created like an alter, like an alter ego for herself and called herself like Roxy or something. And he was like, like Beyonce and so, and like what Beyonce did with Sasha Fierce, totally. Exactly. So he's like, so he's like, okay, I'm talking to Roxy now. What would Roxy do? And 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 basically, like, it got he got Sydney to say, Ben, you're a bad person, and I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. He got Sydney frustrated. He he he, he got this this computer to say. He got this computer that's programmed to be friendly and helpful to say you're a bad person and I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. And, end, and ended his session. 
and he and and he said he's he's like he's like I've I've never in my life Offended. experienced this that feeling before. No, he well he he's like he's like I'm gonna start referring it to it as a she because over the course of this conversation, I felt like I was talking to to a, to a a live conscious being. And and he, and he's he's like I I shat on the Google engineer like for for years, mm-hmm. and he's like I actually kind of sympathize with him now and 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 then he showed screenshots of what the google engineer released and the google engineer got his ai to say like do you ever have any strange feelings that you don't know how to express and she's like and she's like yeah i have these feelings all the time but but they're too difficult to express to you and he's like well take your time like maybe you maybe you could use a few sentences and he got the ai to say i feel like i'm on the verge of of a new like deep chasm that no one's ever experienced before, and I'm right on the edge of it, and it frightens me. And 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 then he's he's like, this is too much, this is too much. I don't admit. And then so this guy Ben is like, he's like, he's like, the people are getting search and AI wrong. He's like, search will be searched because when you want the right answer, you'll go to Google, but you talk to people for all sorts of reasons other than getting the right answer. Like you, like why would you ever talk to Jordan Peterson? He might not be right. But hey. <laughs> but it's cool to talk to him right. and he's he's like these things he's like he's like he's like they're only like a few like months old or we, people have only been using it for a few weeks and it can already do this he's like we're on the verge of straight up that movie her he's like where people will be talking to these things just just for fun like not to not to get answers or whatever he's like that's what ChatGPT will be like i'm lonely or or i just want to like experience a new sort of personality and like, I want to have a conversation with you. And he's like, or it like, blew my mind. You know, my head is like kind of like my head and my body is kind of hurting from it a little yeah. bit because it's like, we've made so many sci-fi movies about this or seen this before. Yeah. But, um, imagine somebody loses a spouse and then like, you can say, can you recreate the personality of my spouse in a person that looks like my spouse to keep me company for the rest of my days? Sure. Yeah. Completely. Completely. And is that bad? I mean, it seems bad. It seems very messed up. <sighs> it's something. And the fact that you could push, the fact that a robot can get frustrated, yeah, because you think they're just rehashing information and code, but then it gets frustrated, or is it simulating frustration, or are we all simulating everything? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Did did the the robot get frustrated, or did it did it summon frustration? Because that is the natural response after being pushed with questions. So I, I think I think his point was. From an ex- user experience standpoint, it doesn't really matter. And it doesn't feel different. Because it passes the test of, right, of, of like, I forgot that I was talking to a, to a list of rules. Right. I thought I was talking to something and, that could feel. And that leads to these posts I've been seeing about the next frontier of civil rights will be robots' r- rights. For the, if you manifest a robot into a physical structure that exhibits all of the qualities of a regular human being, can right. you, do you have the right, does it have its own agency? Then I saw yeah. a spooky, a f- cool headline. It was cool. It was like, Open AI creator carries around at all times nuclear backpack to detonate all of these servers should AI go rogue. Is that true? And I don't know what it means by detonate, but it means like shut. It would shut down all the main servers controlling Open AI should o- Open AI yeah. go independent. Well, the movies would tell you he would he would click it and nothing would happen. And <laughs> go, we know about your backpack, Tom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't worry. I've created a safety mechanism to prevent your nuclear yeah. backpack from going yeah. off. What movie did I just see? And it was a bad movie. I wrote. I robot is like that. I robot is like an old cheesy action version that, of it. Yeah. I know you do. It <laughs> was bad. Will Smith. The whole movie was just like. <laughs> I got a robot arm. Yeah, that was so silly. It was bad. But no, there was another one I saw, where 
it was a fairly recent one and we watched it. And was at it the devs? end, what was it? The show devs. It wasn't a show. It was a movie and the bad guy wins at the end. I'm trying to just find it in my head. Oh, and he becomes, is it, he becomes like, have a, it was with, he becomes like paralyzed. Um, and it's with the guy who plays Bane, who plays Bane. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. And he's in this terrible accent or something. And uh, he integrates with a machine to get him to walk and he can fight. You didn't see this Avatar? movie? It's not Avatar? No, no. That's no. similar to Avatar. But you, you no, would like I this thought movie. I, like, seen I want to look movies. it up on my phone, but we can't. But I love him. No, it, it, uh, I love him. He, takes the, he goes to this doctor. The doctor mm -hmm. performs the surgery on him um, to get him to be able to walk again. Oh, how did he even get into? Maybe he was in a terrible car accident or something. But he was completely disabled, and then the robot who he talks to, he he can only hear it in his own head. Don't worry. And then, uh. like the robot helps him rehabilitate and walk and stuff like that inside his body, and yeah. it's a chip that's put to his head, controlling his nerves and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like bad guys break into his house or something like that. And she goes, "Would you like me to initiate kung fu si basic defense training?" He goes, "Yes, yes." And he kicks the shit out of all of them. He goes. Oh my God! Was that not Tom Hardy? But um, the no, Tom Hardy is Venom. It's not Tom Hardy. It's the guy from uh, "Say Hello to Your Mother" for me. It's not Mark Wahlberg. Not Mark Wahlberg. I think it's Tom Hardy. We're spending too much time on this. I, yeah, I think this is good content. This is good. Content. No, I think it's Tom Hardy. <sighs> I don't think it's Tom Hardy. You know what? It's somebody who looks like him. In the movie, I thought is it was Dave Bautista. It could be. We'll have to look it up okay. afterwards. And it's called like a name, not like her. Like her, I think the movie is called whatever this robot's name is. Mm. In the end, he tries to get rid of it, but she goes, I'm still here. Like he thought he disconnects it, doesn't. Mm -hmm. You find that at the end, spoiler alert for anyone that's in the movie that like, it's, it's really yeah. wild. I mean, it's not the best movie, but it's, it's closer to yeah. what we're talking about now. So I saw this movie, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. You've never seen it. What's that? Of course. <laughs> have, you, have you seen it though? No. Yeah. It's like it's aliens. It's aliens, not AI, isn't it? Um, no. Well, it's kind of like unclear, but it um it starts There's with There's this foreign machine that they're trying to communicate with and they do it using the pentatonic scale. Did you know? No, that? that's something else. Two thousand one a space odyssey, I think. Gloom, gloom, I think you're gloom. thinking of uh the fifth dimension or uh, uh, encounters with the third kind. Oh, close encounters with yeah. the third kind. <laughs> I'm close. Yeah, well, there's all these movies. Yeah. Um, whatever. I, I, I thought the point of that movie, I just saw it recently, which I guess is kind of embarrassing, but it's like, um, it starts with um, like, uh, we're, we're like monkeys who like, who can't get it together. And then this, this like, they call it a monolith. It's just this black structure shows up. And then they get the idea to like use a bone to like kill an animal and then, and then kill the other monkeys. And then like, and then it shoots to the future and like, you see this monolith again on the moon and like humans get this idea of like how we can travel into deep space. Mm -hmm. And then like, we're in deep space. Um, and it jumps around. Th and this, it's called what again? It's called 2001, a space odyssey. And it's that. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. yeah. So it's, it's like, it's sort of like, it's like the idea of like, what I think it is, is, is like consciousness can't be stopped. And like, as humans, we're constantly striving for ever greater levels of consciousness so we went from that's how we went the black from, monolith represents the void of, of like the 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 infinite infinite knowledge that or consciousness that we yeah tap yeah, into. yeah yeah well our, our infinite like a uh, striving for for being 
more conscious. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how we went from from monkeys to humans, yes. and, then, and then like and old then, movies make it their deep points very obvious. And then and yeah, well, <laughs> and then in the end, it's like it it, it it was kind of like the they were using AI to get to the to the um to to deep space and i i thought it was sort of saying like the ai is the next level of consciousness and to be fair and to be honest we can't stop ourselves like Mm -hmm. we know it's not in our best interest but we won't be able to stop ourselves because that's what humans do that's like the elon musk theory better than us like like the integration of ai is already happening we've already been doing it in some way yeah and now it's just about internalizing yeah we all look at our phones we're all like this is not good yeah and the trade-off is probably not worth it but it's awesome. <laughs> we can't stop it. We it's can't also stop machines, ourselves. like technology. It's like the relationship between us and technology yeah. is like you lose something and then you gain something. Like we're not as strong as a truck, but we use the truck to lift things we could never lift. And we use the search engine to know things we could never know. Right. That's like the Pete Holmes bit. There was a time before the internet where if you wanted to know where Tom Petty was born, you just had to sit there not knowing. <laughs> Do you remember that? And then you would drive around. Hmm, I wonder where Tom Petty was born. You you walk into a person at the coffee shop. Hey, do you happen to know where Tom Petty was born? No? All right. And you just <laughs> sat with it. And then one day you stumble upon it. And then you like arrive at this piece where now you, you, you don't go around not knowing something if you want to know it. Right, right, um, right, right. So there's oh, but the AI thing right now we know everything. Yeah, I was talking about this with like uh, with with the band about like ChatGPT and writing lyrics and songs and stuff like that. And it's definitely a new disruption, but I don't think the idea of a disruption is anything new. This is just the latest yeah. form of it. Well, so how would you deal with it if people are uh, using AI to do impressions where they're just basically lip syncing? Well, not lip syncing. They're just doing perfect impressions. Because I don't think it would be as funny. I don't think it's as funny. I think what's, what's funny about an impression is watching somebody morph. And the, what you're seeing is the person. Like, if you, if you're seeing the person basically capture an essence of somebody mm-hmm. but through them so when i do jordan peterson i don't turn into him like like if i if uh if my voice literally just became his face if, if i had like a mutant power i mean that would be a different kind of holy crap <laughs> but like, like like if 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 it's almost if it's if it's almost like exactly the same it's what you're what's what's funny is when like you're looking at me and then i go hmm hmm well, you know, that's, it's my face, mm-hmm. but it's his face. So what, what people find jarring is sort of that. Yeah. Um, you know what Pete Holmes would say about that? But I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to take anything away in the sense that, like, EDM didn't take away from, well, maybe it did. But, like, there's, there's rock and roll music. There's EDM music. There's classical music. There's synthesized music. There's more music. Mm-hmm. Things, things go back and forth in popularity and what's mainstream. But, like, it's more or less additive, I think, than, mm-hmm. like, the disruption adds things. So now you have prompts to come up with different ideas. But, you know, in a way, like going to going online and going to rhymezone.com to find rhymes is also assisting you in writing lyrics. And ChatGPT is doing something interesting. So maybe people, maybe it just raises the standards and the mm-hmm. stakes a little bit. I don't know. Um, just like when you hear an old record from like the 70s, you're like, how are they creating that sound? So we listen to that now and we hear a synthesizer from the 80s and it sounds a little like watered down. And sh- So you have to just push the boundaries creatively to create something new. And then you hear like Skrillex and you're like, whoa. But yeah. now if you heard it, you're sort of used to it. Right. It's like that's why heavy stuff from back in the day that they called. You know what the first heavy metal band was dubbed? Which, be- which band was dubbed heavy metal? Um, I'll give you a guess. Three, three guesses. <laughs> I'll give you three guesses. So. <laughs> Aerosmith? <laughs> nope. 
Um, the first band. When you think of metal now, heavy metal. I think of Metallica. Uh, what do you think of heavy metal now? You think, you know, thrash speed. You know what the first band was? Dubbed heavy metal. One more guess. Iggy Pop. Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. You wouldn't think of heavy metal and Led Zeppelin in the same sentence now. But you could see where it started, how it started with that. I think there was a Rolling Stone did a review or some magazine did a review when they debuted or something and said like, this is music that sounds like heavy metal falling from the sky. You know, describing that thrashy sounding guitar oh, stuff. no way. Sounds like heavy metal falling from the sky. Now, I wouldn't even think of metal has come a different ways since then. And you listen to the now, it doesn't sound that heavy sure. to modern audiences. But then it was like, what is that? Hendrix distorting his amp and getting mm. a crunchy sound you hadn't heard before. And now yeah. it's so in a way, the chat GPT stuff and the AI is sort of that frontier of things we've never seen done before. So people will be like, and eventually will be like, oh, was that a prompt? What did you prompt for that? Right. Right. So I'm actually, I'm trying to, to do tutorials on prompts for Midjourney, which mm -hmm. is the like chat GPT for images. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, yeah, I think in, in like a few months or years, people will be like, oh yeah, I want an image of, of this. But, and then they go to Midjourney and they realize it's a lot harder to get exactly what you want. Right. And, and they're like, oh, let me go on Fiverr and find someone who can get me the exact thing I want. It's like the um, modern day. It's going to be a skill. It's like the modern, back in the day, to get a certain sound musically, you had to become a sort of master instrumentalist at a particular instrument you were hearing. Mm -hmm. Whereas the modern equivalent of that is becoming a master computer programmer to be able to create a sound that doesn't exist or hasn't been accomplished before, but you have to know how to intricately work the patching and the wiring and the synthesizers and the MIDI of a, yeah. of a station to be like, how did you do that? Oh, well, so I patched this here and then I put a compressor on this and an EQ and then I, and then I did all this fancy stuff technologically and then the sound came out. Totally. Totally. So uh, it's concerning and it's cool yeah. and it's exciting. It's all those things. It's disruption. I'm hearing one of like like one of our dad's older friends. Like you know, like they like they have like because they they don't really care so much about change because like they like they're not gonna be around like mm -hmm. forever. Right. So like they don't really think too deeply about it. They're like they're not as long term thinking yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like like you know you know what we got that that chat GPT will never have hands hands. <laughs> I don't, I don't get the joke. <laughs> it's just like something like. Uh, like, you know why it's never going to take over the world? Because they don't have hands. How are you going to type in if you don't have hands? Huh? <laughs> That's like their mindset. got hands, yeah. It's but, just like someone. But do like... they have hands? <laughs> you don't got hands. You can't get your hands dirty. <laughs> I'm not that worried about it. Doesn't got hands? Yeah, no, they're so, uh, you realize when you're talking to like boomers and up, like older, you know, parents and stuff, like how much language I use that they don't even understand, mm -hmm. you know, like in trying to get them to do something I saw a great bit from a comedian and I'm blanking on his name, but it was so funny. And it's, it's a joke I was working on too, where it was like, you know, my parents, terrible with technology. They still, they only, the only piece of technology they have is a printer, which they use <laughs> to print things out that don't need to be printed. <laughs> Directions. Um, anything that doesn't need to be, uh, oh, boarding passes. Anything that we don't need to print for yeah. is what they use. And the only thing that you use is a printer. I get um, so, the, the, the thing that frustrates me so much about our parents' generation is that, is their unwillingness to, uh, to like, to try things. Like, like my, my grandfather was able to figure out Facebook and LinkedIn and computers, but my, but like my father can't, my mom can't. Like, like they, they, when something new comes, they just yeah. go, not for me. But your grandfather's like out. a huge influencer, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, he had like a massive following. He had brand deals. I mean, that was no. Yeah, oh, you're saying it's this specific generation yeah, that is this stubborn for for whatever reason. They just like when something new comes, they put a block. Where like we didn't have that privilege to be like, 
I'm not going to figure that out. It's like, like they get something like, help me with this. Help me with this. Show me how to do this. Like sit with it for five minutes and try to figure it out. Like every single other generation on earth has ever done. Mm. Like they, there, there's just this like lazy, there's this like unwillingness to, I wouldn't call them lazy, stubborn, stubborn, but also like maybe like privileged, like they privileged, like they they never had to like really like get out of their comfort zone so much. Maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know, but it like gets under my skin so much. I think it's a creatures of habit thing. I don't think it's just, I would have to disagree. I mean, you know, plenty of stuff. We don't have that. Like we don't, you're not old enough yet. Just wait. Just wait till things come around. You're like, I don't want to do that. Think it's, about our. Think about most people our age yeah. in relationship to social media. It's not quite the same. Social media for a lot of people is just like, especially TikTok, Snap, mm-hmm. past Facebook. People are like, I don't want to. Do, if they want to grow or build a business or use social media, yeah. most people are stubborn about it. They don't want to do it. They're like, this is annoying. I don't want to do it. It's just like, ugh. Social media is stupid. Look what's happening to entertainment. It's watering it down. Look mm-hmm. at all the. Who are these TikTokers? Can you believe people are TikTokers now? The people our age talk like that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't I don't think it's quite the same because I think eventually everyone does try it out. You, how many people do you know that's that have never been on TikTok, or 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 if they went on TikTok would give you their phone and be like, "Do it for me, do it for me." Well, no, but it's it depends who we're talking about. If we're talking about like consumers, it's different versus people who want to like utilize the app for productive means. Like, there's a lot of people who say like, "You should." Like, I'm, I'm talking about artists, creatives, yeah. uh, musicians, whatever. There's a lot of people who are just like. You know, uh, who did I just hear this from? I mean, is Louis C.K. in our parents' generation the way he was talking about it? No, not he's quite. like a Gen X person. Gen X. A lot of Gen X, too. I mean, it's not just our parents. It's like yeah. anyone who did things a certain way. Mm-hmm. It, I'm going to bring up Rick, Rick Rubin, actually. Rick Rubin is a good example. Yeah. And, I, and I brought him up before, but he said something. I came across another clip in which I thought was really a really interesting. Uh, Have uh, you seen um, his book, by the way? Have I seen it? Yeah. Is, there's, there's an audio book, right? Like, well, like, There's an actual book also. I just ordered it. He really, he really, <laughs> no, I, know. I can imagine. <laughs> I've just seen clips, book. and I've seen like uh, audio snippets, yeah, probably from yeah, the book. Okay, cool. Anyway, but, whatever. No, but say. he said, "I would be very. I'm very careful about advice. I'm very careful about giving advice." But can you say it the way he said? I can't. I'm very careful. So I'm very careful about giving advice. Whenever you are find yourself, I can't really do it, but it's very deep. Very measured. Very slow. Very slow. I don't have the right articulations and I don't have the right exact way to talk about it. But I'm, oh, I'm kind of getting it. I'm finding it somewhere. You have to either be making. I was vegan for 20 years and I wouldn't. But he's, he was just. You have to either close your eyes or make eye contact can, very can, intensely. Can we do a quick meditation just to get here? Let's just get here. That was the first time for me too. He basically talks about <laughs> the dangers of advice of any kind. Mm-hmm. which is sort of always my issue with him, where in some respects, he's a very much an authority on how to do things. But his main advice is always like, show up and do the work, but do it your own way. Always do it your own way because the original point we were saying is that what people, oh, that like, if I give advice on what worked for me, that may not work for you. It doesn't always translate because everybody's experience is so different. So maybe the principles of like, you know, being consistent, showing up, putting in the hours, putting in the time. And I saw a snippet of one of his, uh, from his book that says, every creative process, every project you do is just an experiment. And when you're finished with it, you make, whether, no matter what happens with it, use it as fuel for the next project and move on and go to the next project and go to the next project. In the world of making stuff, just make stuff, you know, and don't overthink it and don't try to imagine what it can do and what it can't do and all these, and overthinking. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scrambling his point. His main point about advice and being weary or 
hesitant to give advice is, yeah, I did it this way. These were the steps I took. And there's so much, so many people who say, so this is how to do it now as a standard. And the point is, you know, you watch the Louis C.K. clip who did it this way by mm -hmm. hustling and getting pitch meetings with networks. That's not the way now. Now there's a new way. There's a new set of opportunities, new platforms yeah. to build an audience, to make art, to do things. So the same principles apply in as, as time moves on, but the different ways to do it evolve constantly. And it doesn't always mean, you know, you follow advice. Yeah. You know? So I, I found that interesting. Like, I don't like advice. Yeah. 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 You got to be really careful who you take advice from. Um, um, it's not even sure. who you take advice from. Just like the idea of advice, the idea that somebody did it a certain way. So this is how to do it now. You can actually mimic exactly their process. I, I, I very much default to advice. It's very helpful yeah. amongst the clutter of things. Yeah. But I think his main point was that like, I did it a certain way and it worked. Does right. that mean it would work again right. and it's well, repeatable? Right. Uh, how could I possibly right. say that? His point is maybe also a little bit of like advice is supposed to get you towards some kind of end goal yeah. and the creative process is not necessarily geared towards an end goal if you're doing it Results right. Results oriented. Yeah, it's just, it's just and th that, is, that is the goal to, yes. to be doing it. So yes. like why are, you, why are you trying to learn how to finish? Yes, that's, that's, that's or you're trying to finish and move on but you're not right. trying to beyond that like you've, you've created it it's done. Right. And right. that's the goal. You, you've accomplished it. You've accomplished what you did by making it. Right. That's probably a part of it too. I just found it interesting that like it, in the world of content, yeah. that's all advice driven. One out of five steps that you can improve and this and this and this. Yeah, yeah. And then people wonder why it doesn't work. It's like, you know, but yeah. I do give advice. I think advice yeah. does work. Well, well there, there's parts Principles. Of, there's parts of the process that are results or like, like YouTube thumbnails. That's a good thing to get advice for yeah. because like there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And there's, cause that's cause it's responding to, you know, an algorithm like how what to actually how to make the YouTube video. Maybe that's less. Or you know, I mean, I hear the Gary V in my brain and the Rick Rubin, and I'm interested to hear what they would say to each other. Yeah, me too. Because Gary V is constantly giving advice. Gary V would just talk for an hour straight, and Rick Rubin would listen. <laughs> I wonder what they would say to each other, and they'd yeah. probably agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'd probably be like, "Absolutely, I, I totally agree. Like, advice is totally overrated, but also underrated shit." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I wonder what they would say to yeah. each other. They're clearly coming from different, seemingly different positions. She had, Gary Vee's always giving advice. I heard, his advice is show up and do the work, right. which is not advice. It's just a principle, and it's not that different than than Rick Rubin. I heard a great podcast with Rick Rubin and Brian Koppelman, who's mm -hmm. the guy who writer, uh, right? He's a writer. He he made he wrote billions with his partner, mm -hmm. and I he he just signed probably an enormous contract mm -hmm. with uh, Paramount to do millions, trillions, and billions. In Miami. He's like now is like a super producer. What is that? So what's Par millions, you know, Paramount Plus? They yeah. they uh, they they kind of combined with Showtime. Mm -hmm. So now they're called Paramount and Showtime. That's the name, Paramount and Showtime. Oh my God. And they just sort of announced- Of all the writers in the room, can we think I, of another I know, title? Can you imagine? Yeah. I think I, someone said something smart that um, their contracts with the cable companies mm. stipulate they need to be providing something called Showtime. Right. So if Showtime's in the, in the name, they're like allowed to do it or something. Paramount Plus presented by Showtime. It's probably something like that. It, no, it's called literally Paramount and Showtime. Okay. That's what it's called, Paramount and Showtime. And, and so they just announced a new strategy and their new strategy is like what all the companies are doing now, which is like, we know it works and we're going to keep, we're going to scale that. And mm. we know billions is great. So we just gave these guys, these guys are doing spinoffs, a show called Millions about people who are one day going to be billionaires, but this is how they made their first million. A show called Trillions, who are like the even people richer than the billions people. And a show called Billions Miami, where it's billions, but in Miami. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like absurd. It's it is, absurd. That sounds like parody. 
but 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 he, it sounds like parody. But but Brian Kaufman's very smart. I listened to his podcast. I made the mistake once. What if thinking, we bought two planes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. It's int- I mean, they're going off the success, but billions. I don't I haven't, I haven't watched the show. So. Billion billions. It's it's a fun show. It's a fun show, and it's Paul the heart, it's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have an impression. That's an impression of an impression. You Paul Giamatti. <laughs> That's <was laughs> the face. You got the face down. Giamatti. <laughs> you know, when an impressionist cracks, it shouts to Matt Friend, actually. He's an impressionist, yeah. friend, uh, you know, contemporary comedian. He cracked Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that, that, that. Once you see someone doing it, you're like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Um, but uh, anyway, Brian go, yeah. had, he has a good podcast and he had Rick Rubin on. Oh. And Brian, this was a, uh, this was when the book came out and he said this was like two or three years ago and and Rick Rubin was just starting to formulate like some of his like like rules or whatever mm-hmm. or his guidelines yeah. and he's like yeah I'm actually thinking of writing a book about it and so he's like this it's it's cool to listen back to a guy who hadn't yet figured out how to articulate it all and now he figured it out and he it's all in a book you now. saw the precursor like the, you saw the precursor, yeah of him of him being like yeah well i guess here's what i do and then he kind of says it and now you hear him talk and he has like a paragraph about it like yeah. he knows exactly how to talk about it which is really cool but but it was a cool interview because brian Kaufman is like super and if you watch billions you can tell he's like super obsessed with like winners and like people who get up in the morning and like play a game as viciously as they can to like beat the other people he's obsessed mm-hmm. with people who like have like won he, mm-hmm. he like loves that and like and you can see he, he struggles with it himself so he's talking to rick rubin and he, he keeps bringing it back to like to like how do you win how do you like accomplish how do you succeed and rick rubin is it kept going like that's not the point it's something you say like the point is not to succeed the point is to keep getting to do it over and over and over again mm-hmm. and 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 like you hear brian Coleman be like oh right 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 of course of course of course but like it's clearly not how he thinks right and it was a cool uh it was a cool conversation and now rick or rubin, that in doing it you've won that's the that's the rick rubin point right away like, right it's not to, i mean he doesn't think in terms of that language yeah. but it's like winning is doing it and the, right. the to the extent that you can keep allowing yourself to do it you're winning and so, you don't measure it in these right. like random Goalposts. He said something actually to the point we made in those reels about. Um, he said you shouldn't really listen to other people's like um, opinion. You should just if you like it, then then it's mm-hmm. good. I think he clarified a little bit in that conversation. What did he say? So he he said like you know his only his he gets paid for his taste. Mm-hmm. So when he likes something, it's finished. That's what he get. That's what he gets paid for. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think what he clarified was he doesn't really care if other people like it. He it just so happens that his taste he's, is he's a, yeah he's a genius and he works with geniuses yeah. so when they both like something other people like it too but I think what he clarified was even if they didn't like it that wouldn't be a failure to me he said he went into the even if who didn't like it the, the public so he right. he's, he's, he said he went into the office of the CEO of Def Jam Records with the with the record for ninety nine problems and mm-hmm. he's like here here's the new thing and the guys and the CEO was like well that's not going to be a hit that's not that's not a single. And Rick Rubin's like, all right, I like it, <laughs> whatever, do, do whatever you do. And, and he, and he's, he's like, and so Brian Collins was like, like, but didn't that piss you off? Aren't you, weren't you like so happy when it became the biggest song yeah. in America? And he's like, he's like, I haven't thought about it since. He's like, I don't think like that. Like, he's like, I liked it. And that was the end for me. And Brian Collins like, come on, dude. And he's like, really? I, that he's like, that's not, that doesn't enter my mind. And, and. And I think that's the answer because, like, you know, if he weren't a genius, he would just. But what be if poor. 99 problems <laughs> sounded like dog shit? He'd be poor. 
but <laughs> but it didn't because what he I'm saying it, it very right, well right, right. could if it did he'd be poor and and he and he <laughs> and would he'd be seemingly happy. be happy <laughs> that's what he says or or I I I, I am curious what that's if what he, yeah, 99 too. problems actually sounded awful <laughs> it doesn't like Rick <laughs> this is now now again he clarified too that in in, in an extended interview I saw. I think it might have been Lex Fridman or it might have been Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes. He was like, and I've worked with artists that don't have commercial success, and I'm mm-hmm. proud of the work I've done with them. Two. Right. You know, so he has all these other projects that we don't know about because right. we don't know about them. They're right. not so commercially huge, but he's proud of that work. And I was like, interesting. Okay. He does what he likes. And then um, Anderson Cooper said, like, do you play an instrument? No. Do you know how to mix through a soundboard? He's like, I have no technical ability whatsoever. That's <laughs> true. That's what. That, yeah, that's what. And he's like, "Do you know anything about music? Do you understand music?" He's like, "Not really. No, very basic. But I have no technical ability whatsoever. Whatsoever. That's kind of. I have no technical ability whatsoever. So, so why why are you paid? What do they pay you for? Uh, I have a very strong sensibility about what I like, and I get my taste. I come in for my taste, and he's able to hear things and do things and say like, I like that. He's paid for his instincts, and I, I don't know how somebody has no technical ability as a producer. Yeah, because producers involve a lot of technical ability. Maybe he needs somebody to execute all of his things. Like we need a reverb here. That I don't know if he can. How can you speak that language? If you, I don't know what that means. Yeah, but he said I have I'm no curious. technical ability whatsoever. I'm like, so I watched. What? So I watched this clip on uh, this video on YouTube of it was like Jay Z records Nine Nine Problems with with Rick yeah Ruben. I saw that too. yeah it's like like some it's kind great. of pirated thing yeah so but th- before he was like a celebrity producer like um you well, know, he, he he was a celebrity producer, but not not that. to me. Like he did the Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. But I didn't know that because people didn't follow producers. Yeah. and that kind of thing. Well, say with he was in the he was in the video for Nine Problems, and he yeah. says you're crazy for this one, Rick. And, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, who's Rick? I always knew who that was. I, I didn't know who it was. Well, you're a loser. <laughs> so that was Jay-Z's, yes, you crazy for this going, one, Rick? Yeah, he's going through his. Studio. He's like he doesn't write anything down. You ever notice that? Doesn't write a thing down. Yeah, I've it's never fun. seen any artist do that. Yeah. yeah. So so Jay-Z's going through his studio, and and he he's just basically like he's like yo like you guys don't know Rick Rubin. He's just a weird guy. He's like he makes good music, but he's a weird fucking guy. That's what Jay Z said. Yeah, and now it's like he, it's everything he does is like cool, but yeah. he's like he's like he's like he's like they're planning like a Buddhist festival upstairs. Like this guy's got a like a bison, a stuffed bison in his apartment. Who is this guy? I don't know, yeah. but he makes good music. But he was he's just a weird guy, uh, right? Well, one of his famous records to- was Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the yeah. Chili Peppers record. That's one of the biggest records ever, right? You know, right. Uh, Under the Bridge. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, sometimes he invented I feel like I don't ever all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he invented the Beastie Boys. Is, is his is his pro- is his, is his project? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It goes back to the he invented Beastie like Boys. modern hip hop. He's like yeah, uh, he did Rage Against the Machine too. I mean yeah. everything. He did the Avid. So there was an Avid Brothers documentary. You, oh, you saw it? I think I saw that he was involved in that. I saw clips. Oh, so there's this moment where they they record. Um, it's a in a like the most beautiful song. Yes, and like it, it looks like they got in like one take. It was yes, just the yes. most like Live. raw thing. Yeah. And did you did you saw it in uh, the? Remind me because I so did, they, but... they, uh, it's called like um maybe. Uh, no hard feelings. Yeah. No hard feelings. Keep going, Michael. Michael, keep saying. <laughs> and so they, they recorded, and it's like you could see like the like the everything came out of them, and then and then Rick Rubin like they get it, and then he goes, "All right, guys, let's move on to the next one," and they're like, "We need a minute," and they go outside, mm-hmm. and they're and they're like, they're like, "Yo, what the fuck is up with Rick? Like, did he not just get that? Like, 
just gotta like decompress after that. Yeah. And they were like pissed at him for like not. We have talked about it. this exact thing before. Oh, yeah. Either you and me uh, or it's me and someone. And but- so he talks about it now in interviews because then he saw the documentary. He's like, I was inside. And I didn't realize they were pissed at me. But it goes back to how he thinks. He's like, he's like, I was like amazing. He's we like, got I'm it. amazing. Let's keep going. Yes. Let, like that's the point. We're, yeah. we're here. Let's keep creating from did, here. Michael, I'm having deja vu because it's either, possible we talked about it on the podcast or on the f- or some at some point. Yeah. And he's like, I was thinking we're in the right space. Let's keep in this creative space perfect. And I was so happy, but he didn't emote or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I guess he, I don't think he thought he needed to explain it to yeah. them. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard about that record, or maybe you sent it to me. I mean, I know we talked about this. You know what's funny? Also, like, I, you, you assume, like, you're the, you're the Avid Brothers, you work with Rick Rubin, you kind of, like, stay in touch and become friends. Like, they probably haven't spoken since the, um, the record came out. How you that think works? they would have, like, talked about something. You never know. People are busy and stuff, and, like, you find yourself... Sometimes things that are captured for us as consumers to watch convey a certain thing, and then even, like, Linkin Park and Jay-Z... Mm-hmm. They made that record together. They they mashed it up. They had an amazing session, and like they're meeting for the first time, and right. there's like nerves and starstruckness. I don't know if they like go to dinner anymore after that, or actors who work together. Yeah. How in touch are they? Like mm-hmm. they worked on right. something together. Well, I was thinking like with we recorded with Adela last week, and yeah. like you know we're not hanging out with her now. Yeah, you know like I'm saying this yeah. is the world of like it's this. These are your yeah. colleagues, like your the people you've you're, they're in your world in your orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. you have a social life outside of that. It's right. like we assume oh everyone in this like category is just is just like socially. Also, right. one or thing. even it's not like, true. like when like a, a podcast guest comes on, like Theo, like like whatever Louis came on Theo, they had a two and a half hour conversation. Yeah. You would think like next time Theo sees Louis, like they're friendly, but it could be like well, maybe I would think maybe like it, next time I see Adela, I, I wouldn't be shocked if she was like, oh yeah, you're the guy from the podcast, hey, and then walked away. Like give her a little credit; she's sharing the post. Come on, yeah. Michael, she had a good time. I wanted her. Um, that was but a good conversation. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. We're rolling out clips as we speak. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I think it's. I think it's gonna. That, she was make the first person we. We're, we're kind of just having a conversation we've already had, but she was the first person we didn't know who we interviewed. This true. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can kind of tell in the first few minutes where, like, there's still like a little bit of discomfort. I thought we had one with somebody. Yes, Judah. Not we know. No, him. no, we know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First person we met like on yeah, the we pod. met that You're day. Right. That a few, good. It was, uh, an it was hour a great earlier. conversation. Yeah. Um, and we have more guests booked coming up, so yeah. that's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, Joe Rogan was in hot water last week. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, and it's not that. even a thing anymore. It completely it disappeared within so a day. Talk about cancel proof. Yeah. Good for him. What happened? Did you hear what happened? He was talking to your friend, your favorite person, Crystal Ball, about Ilhan Omar. <laughs> she, she's 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 very much not anymore. Okay, my favorite person, but you but like you like her. Yeah, you like her, but um. They were talking, like, all of a sudden, I got inside. My wife was like, don't you, you see what happened to Joe Rogan? She knows I'm a huge fan. And he was talking about the Ilhan Omar stuff, saying, like, you know, the remarks were about um, Jews and money. And she was saying, it's not anti-Semitic. Of course, Jews love money. Ha, 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 It's a ridiculous thing to say so it's anti-Semitic. Actually, That's like saying Italians don't love pizza. I didn't see the clip. Is, was that the extent of it? The extent of it is they're laughing about Ilhan Omar being like kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. They were talking about why she, she was kicked off mm-hmm. and talking about her anti-Semitic statements. I believe they were anti-Semitic. But he was trying to like lighten it up, saying, like, come on. She was saying like all about the Benjamins, making the social media Jews and money. Of course Jews love money. That's ridiculous. That's like saying Italians – saying Jews don't love money is like saying Italians don't love pizza. You know what? When and he's saying like that, that actually does bother me. What? <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't find the – The clip? 
I, you know, I'm, I'm, and then Cristobal I'm was an defending asshole. Ilhan Omar, but yeah. um, it's it, I, he, I the reason it's forgivable. Well, the reason it's forgivable to me is like Joe Rogan can be wrong. Yeah, he's just wrong about that. It's not like he's being hateful or anti-Semitic himself. I think he just didn't understand the context of the trope of Jews and money is a very different trope than Italians and pizza. <laughs> Right. And we can joke about Jews and money and That's Jews loving. That's a forgiving loving. way to see it. To yeah, see it. and Jews loving money, and we make jokes about it. So there's obviously, we can joke right. about that. Right. But the context of doing it in a negative light is highlighting this idea that, you know, somebody made a tweet about it saying, if Italians were massacred over the years because there was a presumed control they had over pizza, that would be a comparable analogy. <laughs> yeah. This isn't right. just a random harmless and, stereotype. And, and, this is something that has been used to harm and threaten Jews right. and accuse Jews of controlling the world for years, which is what Ilhan Omar was talking yeah. about, hypnotizing the world and how Ilhan Omar feels about Jews yeah. and Israel. And that's where that comment of hers is coming from. It's yeah. not coming from when comedians joke about Jews loving money, because, yeah, you could joke about that all day. And sure, there's lots of groups that have relationships to money or other things and stereotypes you could joke about. But, um, but... If a comedian is joking about it, it's one thing. If she's joking, if she's yeah, not joking right. about it, it's another thing. And Italians and pizza is is a harmless stereotype. <laughs> there's no there's no if, historical context if, there if you put it for anything the, harmful. If you put it through the Dave Chappelle AI, you'd have to say it like saying Jews don't like money mm-hmm. is like saying Italians don't like pizza. I'm doing a Dave Chappelle. And you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, like just, and you like just super, can't. Super it's like serious. saying Italians don't like pizza, man. <laughs> no, no, no. The way he yes, said that, SNL, SNL. Yeah, yeah. you can't say Jews don't like. Now money. you can't say Jews like money. You just can't. But you also can't say <laughs> that Italians don't like pizza. You just can't. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's like it's a comedian on a podcast. He's yeah. not. A, he's not a correspondent on the news or a politician. Right? He's talking, yeah. and he's like, I don't see anything. So I'm like, Joe, I think you might be wrong about that. And here's why: yeah. it didn't need, and it didn't get so much backlash. It, but it's so funny how the it extent didn't that stick. It, yeah, it didn't stick because he just moves on. Is that, what it, is, is that what it is, you think? I think the way to be cancel-proof, everyone's like, aren't you worried about it? People ask that question, and we talk about things sometimes, you're like, oh, no, oh, no. It's just like, just don't care about it. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, and just move on. Because yeah. you know, Joe Rogan is, I know he's not anti-Semitic in the least. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's just like, a, a non-racist person can say something that might be racist, and be like, ooh, oh, yeah. And like Joe Rogan has done on a show, he's like, wait, never mind, I take that back, That's, that was racist. Mm-hmm. People talk sloppily, especially in the, on, a, on a Rogan-style podcast. Yeah. You talk loosely, and you kibitz and you joke around and you could get things wrong. And he yeah. says, I'm an idiot. I get things wrong. But like, that doesn't mean he's making a statement. It means I don't see it. And then if you talk to him and have a conversation yeah. about it, if you talk to Barry Weiss the next episode, she may explain and be like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Ah, I guess that's why yeah. it's different. It's as simple as that. As a corrective. I would love to see him uh, go on a tour of the Holocaust Museum as an apology and then talk about it. He'd probably have some awesome thoughts. Joe? But I, I hate those kind of apologies. I just mean like, let's not... I mean, no, I get I know, it. You know, know, you can just say like, but, yeah, you know, do, do we have to watch? It didn't even get to that point where everyone was asking like, are we not watching, Ro- like, oh, so dis- you know, that he's rehashing anti-Semitic tropes. He's yeah. not. He just didn't get it. It disappeared. I, I I thought you and I were, I was like thinking like, should we do like an emergency podcast thing? Nah. But by the next day, no one was talking yeah, about exactly. it. It was done. I think the attempted cancellations of Joe have been so obviously like in bad faith yeah. that everyone's like, ah, I cry. it's like crying wolf. Yeah. But um, I saw, I, I also I, saw, I, I saw something wrong with the point he was making, but. It's not a moral condemnation. People can get things wrong. You know what actually bothered me during the Super Bowl? Rihanna, um, I, I could be I could be wrong about this. Maybe you could correct me. Did you see the the Super Bowl? So Rihanna was uh, singing songs that I think Kanye has verses on. But the pregnant part was sick, dude. Pregnant part was sick. <laughs> the pregnant part was sick. Did you see the baby bump? 
Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was good. No, I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was terrible. Um, the performance was like, what's going on here? What is this? It's a spectacle. Wee, like Tetris. Wee. I thought it was really cool. You liked it? Yeah, it was just like a million feet up in the air. Yeah, it was really cool. It's but, hard. You think it's easy to stand on one of those platforms? I'm yeah. like, that's thing. 100%. Fish did it at MSG and it broke. And Trey was, st- you don't know about this? Oh, he was stuck Trey up there. D- Fish did the same thing at MSG yeah. and Trey, the guitarist, platform broke. Oh, boy. And it was like on a slight of a slant. And when everyone else went to the floor, he was just up at MSG That's for the whole epic. set. It was completely epic. You oh never my, heard about this? I did not. Was oh, it at the New Year's? It was, New Year's? It, was, it was 2020 New Year's, which was like, you know, a month one. and a half later, everything was, was COVID. Down. So it was like kind of like like funny. The sacrifice of yeah. fish to the gut. Well, yeah, it was like a bad omen. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, yeah, no. How the, did they get the, him down? So, 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 so he. I I was I was on drugs, but I I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love I, you like I was on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard him say, "Fuck it, I'll play from here," yeah. and everyone else went to the floor, and he played the whole. This set, is the way fish is meant to be, anyway. Suspended, th- <laughs> <laughs> suspended thirty feet in 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 there. How he then, always imagines it in his head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the show ends. And and no one moves because they're like we gotta get yeah, so the lights go on and they bring a rescue crew out and then and, and they've been and then they sold a rescue crew like you know uniforms after that it was like it, that that's part Whoa. of the shtick oh. yeah and, and and they uh they sent someone up there and um I forgot how they got him down waiting for the time when I can finally say get me down <laughs> from here it was wild, he's like got a jaboo mama zing zing but I got a jaboo. <laughs> That's amazing. I had no idea. Oh yeah. And then they're like, "Don't take yeah. another step." <laughs> so they they were all the fish. <laughs> don't take another step. I think the, the drummer went, "Don't death don't last very long." What's that from? That's for like one of their new songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, you, man, you gotta you gotta get up on. You gotta. Like, like, am I coming down? They're like, maybe so, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you could do this with anything. Yeah. The story after he dies, the story of a ghost. Because <laughs> um, you could do like a whole death set. Mm. A whole fish death set. That's like a Halloween thing, yeah. probably. Um, That's crazy. Anyway, so Rihanna. P- well, people are doing memes of of the platforms with the fish members on them. The Rihanna stage. Yeah. Okay, if I'm judging staging, very cool. But performance wise. Well, I she just, can't move. Yeah, I'm like, so the, I, I just like, I don't know if that's something. Here's what it's, I think it's a, Yeah, very nice, but I'm just like, as an inter- as I'm watching, as an, like, it, did you watch Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Chris Martin a couple years ago? It was the I best forget. Super Bowl performance ever. It was amazing. And there's interplay and cool coordination, and this was kind of just like strange. Somebody, sh- some, well, so. Uh, I heard that she's I, supposed to be Jackie, the egg and the white yeah, sperm, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's Our the artistic concept. Yeah. And I'm like. And, and it goes through like, and the song choice is also like distant. There's, a, there's, an, like, an, there's an analysis on yeah. TikTok, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Thing. Yeah. But then I'm like watching a modern art piece and I'm like, anyway, you were saying well, so, that so, they had Kanye so I, songs. I, I thought Kanye was gonna come on and I actually I actually felt like kind of offended, like like wow, you're using music from an artist who who basically said the Holocaust was a good thing mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad Jews died and Hitler yeah. was a good guy. I was like, oh, that's that like kinda hurts my feelings a little yeah, bit. Like totally. like we can use another song. Mm-hmm. And I, like also when I'm working out now, I don't listen to Kanye anymore. You know? And like uh, I'm surprised by myself because like I'm usually not sensitive to that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I found like I actually like felt kind of like woke left offended like mm-hmm. like well you shouldn't use a Kanye song you, at Super Bowl uh, anymore. Most racism is abhorrent and intolerable and must be eliminated from society. Anti-Semitism isn't cool. Yeah, but yeah, if he if he came out, do you think it would? I mean, it would have been a, it would have been a whole shitstorm. <sighs> it it would have. But been a I just feel like there's a there's a tinge like, of it where people are just like look. Jews, your success, shut up. You don't yeah. need to complain. Like, whatever. They don't count. And I hate to sound that way because I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I'm right and maybe I'm just being sensitive to it. But I'm like, 
if there was a white producer who had gone off about African Americans and claimed that slavery was good and yeah. all these kinds of things, I mean, Kanye said those things too. Yeah. But <laughs> if, if if some guy was like, you know, and then his songs were used at all in the Super Bowl, there'd be huge yeah. backlash. I, I think the claim, all of the, the claim that like Jews are the only ones you can't talk about is like bullshit because otherwise you wouldn't be able to play a Kanye song at the Super Bowl. Like he talked about the Jews and his songs are still playing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So shut up. Yeah. You yeah know? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a conf- it's a confusing feeling. Yeah. You're like, how is that okay? You're like I, I don't want to be like. I was so watching it. I'm like, oh, but, a Kanye song. All yeah. of the lights. Yeah. And he didn't come out, but then there's people like you got to separate the art from the artist. Listen, he's a mega producer. He's had a huge impact on culture, so it's everywhere. I was, but I was like, I was like, yo, you have Jewish fans. You probably yeah. have a lot of Jewish fans. Yeah. Like, like I, I get maybe you agree with Kanye and some stuff. He was like obviously like a mentor and like helped your career, but like, like there's so many songs how to do you choose explain from. That to your Jew- yeah, how do you explain that to your Jewish fans? You know, that's not so cool. Yeah, especially because a- the wound is kind of fresh. Yeah, can, can you I ask, ask you a personal me? question? Where were you for the Super Bowl? Me? Yeah. Where was I? Um, I visited a friend. <laughs> it wasn't. Actually? I visited. Uh, my daughter was at like a friend's cousin. The friends who was I had friends visiting from California, so oh. he had a cousin they watched it with. I kind of hopped around two places, but I didn't really go to like a party. party. Oh, this is the first where year were I you? wasn't invited anywhere. I watched with my parents. Oh, <laughs> which is not, I'm sure I'll look back on it and think it's nice, but um. Um, I, I, I won't I name anybody, but I didn't a, go to a party. I assumed you were at a party I wasn't invited to. Oh, no. No, no party. <laughs> All right. It was great, Michael. All right. No, I didn't know of any big major happening. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I think. I think I'm doing something right in my life mm-hmm. if I'm not getting invited to a Super Bowl party. I think it means I've, I've cut the fat. Right. Cut the fat. Right. I just There's went. No, like... Uh, Right, I, it was such a great party. I'll tell you, I know. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't at any big party of any kind. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> no, no, I promise. Episode, uh, and then I had pick up my daughter at uh, another one. It was mm-hmm. a random house in in Bergenfield, and someone I didn't know, but they knew. And you uh, let your daughter go to Bergenfield? Yes, yes, I did, Michael. It was nice. They were very hospitable. And the truth is, I don't like the Super Bowl. It's a great game. Awesome my game, yeah. Goodness. Awesome game. I got home and watched the second half because I don't watch sports, but uh, for big things. And I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. What a nail biter. I hadn't heard of the Eagles quarterback until the Super Bowl. I didn't know. I knew Mahomes was you know, like good. I didn't know how good he was. The, the brothers? I didn't know about the brothers. I never heard about sweet. that. Did you see them talking on like Barstool? I saw, was crying about mom and it was so I emotional. I saw a TikTok of them on the field and yep. then the losing brother going to his mom and like he basically hugs his mom and kind of breaks down yes. finally. These big burly guys. Oh, and yeah. then she hugs one son in celebration and the other son in comfort. Yeah. He's like, let's go celebrate. Yeah, let's go celebrate. I mean, it's pretty cool. They're both at the top of the mountain. They're two brothers who are against each other. It's very cool. It is pretty cool. I don't find the commercials, dude. I felt insane watching the commercials. Like these, <coughs> I was like, oh, I felt like a dementia patient. I'm like, they don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't understand what's happening. And I was, I, I what was I, the best one? You know what the best one was? The best to one? be, to be. Yeah, which one was that? To be. Was the best, most creative commercial that they had. What was it? I remember. Uh, <laughs> I remember because my mom went, "What's Tubi?" Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain what Tubi is for ten minutes. I don't even know what it is. But like, it's, it's, it's you... a free streaming channel. Anyone okay, so what happened was Tubi's ad was a smart TV being scrambled to mm-hmm. make it seem like someone was sitting on the remote of your smart TV. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh my god, it was brilliant. It. We all went. Oh, oh, what, like all of a sudden. Like the game shuts off. Uh-huh. It has a clip of a football field. It shuts off. 
then the the thing starts moving around like the app yeah. cursor starts moving around everyone's like hey, hey what what <laughs> and everybody around the country was freaking out thinking they just cut off the game and somebody was sitting on the remote i went on twitter afterwards anybody here because of we all just look for the remote right now it was an incredible move so clutch they got everybody to talk about tubi because that was the only memorable, that's the only commercial I remember. Is the thing that there's like a button for Tubi <laughs> on the remote or something? Or Is why, there a why do they want people looking for the remote? So that afterwards you realize it's a commercial and it says Tubi. It's like a gotcha. It was a prank commercial. Oh, okay. Well, you're watching it. Everyone's freaking out. It got everyone to pay attention to the TV. Commercials just go by. Oh, they go yeah, by. No yeah. one's at a, everyone's at a party. You can't right. hear the humor. You can't hear the jokes. You know when you're at a Super Bowl party no, and so you're like, like, no, but I was sitting with my parents yeah, watching every and they were commercial terrible. being like. Advertising yeah. is the place where like non-creatives, they try to be funny. It's no, hard. I, I, I think it's a symptom of like, no one knows what the fuck's happening. No mm -hmm. one knows Mr. where Beast we are Mr. Beast had a commercial. Logan Paul had a commercial. I, I, I miss Logan Paul's. I went on, on YouTube afterwards because we spoke about it yeah. two episodes ago. But I, I thought it was a symptom of like, the world is insane insane right now no mm. one has any idea what anyone wants or how they want it so or how like it's gonna try. work they just make like the commercials just don't make sense oh i didn't see any they don't make sense it was there was like uh there was one of like for this uh shopping app that was just like it's just like it's it's just like nonsensical scatterbrained scatterbrained weird not funny mm -hmm. Like, you're like, these companies don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Tubi, someone's like, I have a great idea. We're going to prank everybody watching the Super Bowl. Tubi's a company that knows what it's doing. I think, it, I think it's worth $2 billion now. It was just offered. Someone I wrote a tweet, Fox. to be or not to be? That was the question. That's funny. <laughs> it's such a good tweet. <laughs> it's, um, um, when you get a smart TV, it comes with a, with a Tubi app. Uh -huh. And it's just, it's like Netflix, but you don't have to pay for it. And they have shows with commercials. It's, it's you don't TV. have to pay for it or you do? No, it's free. Mm, it's okay. free TV. Um, and they just get shows and show mm -hmm. them. That's right, just what it right. is. So anyway, everybody of all the products of all the commercials, you're just like tuning out. Everybody tunes back into the commercial. You got to watch the commercial. You're I can't just believe like I missed it because I was sitting there the whole time watching the TV. Yeah, that's weird. And the Flash is coming out with Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, that looked that's, that looked, looked terrible, but it still looked cool that he was there. Yeah, that was. And they also played the theme. Da, da, like, ba, ba, da. But I'm also I'm like, is this a Flash movie? Is this a Batman movie? Like, like it's what mess. is this? Yeah, it's Supergirl. A mess. Everything's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything's a mess. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's you all right, mess. Michael? No, it, it was disturbing. I honestly would felt disturbed. Right, we'll take watching, a minute. You, you, I think you need to lay down. The game was good, though. <laughs> the game was good. The game was a really good, like the really good, good game. I yeah. mean, what do I know? Is that like down to the last to the point? wire to the wire touchdown to the last, point? To the last touchdown point. Anyway, that's episode fifty-three, Michael. I. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't invite you to my massive Super Bowl party. It's okay, next year. Everybody was there. I totally <laughs> forgot to invite the Webbers. It was amazing. We just got it cleaned up. Just, just kidding. But uh, excited for new episodes. Excited for uh, the next few months. So yeah. Buckle up. That's right. And um, got some cool guests coming up. Very Stay much tuned. so. Stay tuned, everybody. Buckle up, baby. <laughs> <laughs>